everyone, I'm Tony Shackle, pastor of Farm Hill Church. Our mission is knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. We're so glad that you've tuned into this sermon podcast today. We believe that the message that you're about to hear is going to bless your soul. Be sure to check out the many other sermon and worship service podcasts we have available for you. You can also find additional resources and information about our church by visiting our website at farmhillchurch.faithlifesites.com or look us up on Facebook. Or better yet, make plans to join us during one of our upcoming live services. We meet for worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and for Bible study every Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Now let's get right into today's message. Amen. Well, this past uh, Wednesday night, I mean, for those that were in Bible study, uh, we focused in on the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs, uh, we covered most of it in that reading that week. And so we just kind of took turns um, and um, gave some of our favorite uh, Proverbs or uh, some of those that spoke to us and, uh, and uh, just uh, talked about those and as we were studying through and reading through, amen, some of that uh, on Wednesday night, I, uh, uh, I was kind of studying through myself, and I was waiting for somebody uh, perhaps to, uh, to bring this particular proverb up that I want to talk about this morning, uh, but uh, they never did, and I was kind of glad because I was thinking, well, if we talk about it on Wednesday night, then uh, uh, maybe I won't have an opportunity to do that this morning, and uh, uh, but I'm going to go that direction amen, today, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this particular proverb uh, this morning. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Proverbs chapter number 22. Proverbs chapter number 22. Hallelujah. I just got one verse. This is verse number 28. Amen. We're going to follow this morning. The title of this message this morning is Remove Not the Ancient Landmark. Remove Not the Ancient Landmark. Now, you will notice as, uh, as we get into the reading of the Word here in just a second, this morning I am uh, I'm traveling back to the King James Version this morning because uh, I like the way that it's worded. It's worded just like this. Uh, and uh, there are some other verses as well this morning uh, that, uh, that I'm trying to try to bring out and uh, may quote. And when I do so, I'm going to quote them probably in the King James Version. So we're going to put it in a version. You guys can follow along with it there on the screen as well. So Proverbs chapter number 22, verse number 28 says this. Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we just love you, thank you, and praise you. God, today for your goodness, your grace, your love, and your mercy. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your house this morning. God, to worship you, to praise you, to glorify you, to magnify you. God, to give you all the praise, glory, and honor that is due your name today. God, we thank you for the praise reports that have been lifted up. God, we thank you for the way that you've answered prayer for us so many times. God, in just the recent uh, past, in just the last few days, God, that you've done, God, great and mighty miracles, God, in our lives. And we know that you're going to continue, God, 
God, to work for us. God, you're going to continue, God, to answer our prayers. And we thank you for that this morning. God, I ask, God, that you would hide me behind the cross of Jesus Christ. God, that they would not see me, but they would see you. God, that they would not hear me, God, but they would hear your word this morning. God, I, I pray, God, today, God, that you would remove every distraction, God, every hindrance, God, every attack of the enemy that would try to steal away the seed of the word of God to be planted inside of our hearts and lives, God, today. God, and I ask, God, that you would bring that uh, seed to be planted to fullness, God, of growth and maturity in us. And I ask it all in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. And amen. Have you ever heard the old saying, good fences make good neighbors? <laughs> amen. If you've ever been part of a property line dispute or you've ever witnessed one, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? It can get very, very nasty. I watched a video here recently in the last week or so, uh, and uh, this gentleman uh, captured on video uh, his neighbor. There was a privacy fence, a wooden privacy fence that separated their two properties, and he walked out uh, with his camera, with his phone, and uh, began to video his neighbor who thought that fence was too far on her side of the property, and so she was laid down on the ground. She had reached through with her bare hands under the fence, and she was trying to claw and grab the dirt and bring it back on her side because that was her dirt. That is why we have professional land surveyors and we have to set property corners and we have to have a landmark to establish a legal standard that will hold up in the court of law. Can somebody say amen? That's also why we have mental institutions. And some people need to be there. Come on, amen. God can help them. Amen. Uh, this morning, amen, uh, as we read this scripture, amen, in the book of Proverbs, it warns us to remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. As Joshua was given the job by God and Moses had passed away, Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land, into the land of Canaan. Uh, God passed that responsibility on uh, to the man by the name of Joshua. And as Joshua and the children of Israel completed the conquest of the promised land, uh, amen, God began to give him instructions on how to set up the boundaries and the property lines between the tribes of Israel. And as they began to set up these property lines and these boundaries, they would set up what is called a landmark, or they would set up, amen, what we could understand and know today probably as stones or as a large stone that was set up, uh, and it was erected in such a way to identify it as the property line or the property corner of that particular area. And we know and understand probably as they began to settle in the promised land, even within the boundaries or the borders of each of the tribes of Israel, that each group within that and each family within that and each individual uh, landowner, if you will, within that would also set up perhaps their own property corners or their own property lines as well. Amen. And so as we're reading this this morning, we understand and know the warning that the writer of Proverbs here is giving us is that we are not to remove that ancient landmark because what could happen is somebody could move that landmark a little bit over time to get more property for themselves and take it away from their neighbor. And so God's word is warning them not to treat your neighbor unfairly. Can somebody say, love your neighbor as yourself? And you remember that one? 
Amen. And so it is, uh, it's a reminder for them because uh, what they would do, it, it, wouldn't, it wasn't like they would go and grab this stone and move it 15 feet and sit it down. This thing would move slowly over time. You could move it inch by inch by inch by inch. And after a long period of time, before you know it, this standard, this landmark, this boundary, this border had been moved a significant amount, and this person had lost a lot of property, and this person had gained a lot of property. God's Word says, don't do it. Treat your neighbor as yourself. So we understand the straightforward, literal meaning of this proverb today in regards to property boundaries. But I believe there is a spiritual application of this verse, amen, for us today. Because a landmark can be a custom, a tradition, a teaching, or even a standard. And our Christian faith is filled with traditions and teachings that have been passed down through the generations. And the warning for us is that we should not be too eager to move the ancient landmarks, which are the biblical teachings, standards, and traditions of the Christian faith. In fact, I I said it this way. We should not defend tradition simply for the sake of tradition, but neither should we destroy tradition simply for the sake of destroying it. Amen? There are some fixed eternal principles in God's Word. And we need to remember, amen, that these ancient landmarks, these ancient uh, eternal principles in God's Word were not established for no reason. They were established intentionally and based upon biblical principles, uh, amen, that God would have in His Word, and those biblical principles are not to change over time. They are fixed and eternal, In Psalm 119 and verse 89, the Bible says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Hallelujah. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. If we begin to move the ancient landmarks of the standards of God's Word, we shift further and further away from the established principles uh, that God intends us to follow. The result is a man-based religious system that operates under the banner of Christianity. Understand this shift rarely happens all at once. Just like the ancient landmarks we talked about that can be moved little by little over time so that nobody would notice that they're even being moved, the shift away from God's Word occurs slowly over time so that it is barely even noticeable at all. So I begin to think about our current condition. And I believe that in the day and hour that we're living in today, God is trying to shake the church up once again to understand the reality of our current position where we are right now because I believe the church has fallen asleep and I believe the church has allowed the ancient landmarks uh, to be moved out of the way uh, from where God intended them to be in the very beginning I believe uh, that the church has learned to tolerate uh, what was once rejected Uh, I believe that that tolerance has led us to compromise uh, and I believe that that compromise uh, has brought us to a place uh, of acceptance uh, of relocated land Marks uh, that look nothing like the original biblical standard uh, of God's Word. Hallelujah. 
I could give you example after example after example this morning of the degradation of the standard of God's Word and the ancient landmarks being moved from where God never intended them to be. Amen. But I will tell you this morning, amen, one of the ways that the enemy has snuck in uh, to the church uh, and the way that the enemy has snuck into the pastors uh, and the leadership uh, of the church uh, is through uh, the spirit of Jezebel uh, that has come in uh, and taken over and moved, uh, amen, godly men and women uh, out of the pulpit uh, and out of the way uh, and set themselves up uh, as something, amen, to serve uh, and something to worship themselves. I mean, you say, well, what in the world is the spirit of Jezebel? Amen. Well, the spirit of Jezebel is talked about in a couple places. You know who Jezebel is in the Old Testament, but Jesus referred to it in the book of Revelation. He wrote seven letters. He wrote seven love letters to the churches in Asia Minor in the book of Revelation. And to one of those churches, he wrote, I have something against you. Because you have allowed that woman Jezebel to come in. And you've allowed that woman Jezebel to take over. And you've allowed the spirit of Jezebel to begin to rule the church. Can I tell you how the spirit of Jezebel will work? The spirit of Jezebel first fights against the pastor and the leadership of the church. He'll fight the, the pastor, he or she. Let me, let me back up and, and, and explain this. Jezebel does not have to be a woman. Jezebel is a spirit in these last days. Jezebel can be a man or a woman. And a Jezebel spirit will try to control a pastor. And a Jezebel spirit will try to control an elder. And a Jezebel spirit will try to control a Sunday school teacher. And a spirit of Jezebel will try to try to control a worship leader. A spirit of Jezebel will try to come against the leadership of the church. Why? Because the spirit of Jezebel knows if I can get the leadership and I can get the pastor and I can get their ear and I can begin to move the ancient landmarks uh, that God has established little by little, piece by piece, uh, minute by minute, uh, if I can move them uh, out of the way, uh, I can lead them uh, in the direction uh, that I want them to go. And can I tell you this morning, the direction that Jezebel, amen, would have us, amen, to go is not the direction that God would have us to go. Once that spirit is in control, it will lead the leadership and the congregation into sin, perversion, immorality, and a twisted and distorted view of God's Word. Good will become evil, and evil will become good. Moving the ancient landmarks will become acceptable. And not only acceptable but they will be celebrated as progressive and modern and inclusive. Come on, I'm preaching better than y'all are amen in this morning. Come on. The ancient landmarks have been moved. The church has decided as somewhere along the lines uh, that we no longer need or desire or want the ancient landmarks. They're too outdated. They're too old-fashioned. So last year, we got to move in a different direction. We got to, come on somebody, y'all help me preach this morning. We got to bring in a pastor 
And if that pastor is going to be successful and grow a church, uh, we got to have a new approach. Y'all can help me or y'all can, y'all can say amen or owe me this morning. It's all right. I'm stepping on my own toes. The things that we once did are no longer acceptable. Old-fashioned Holy Ghost preaching is no longer effective. We need to incorporate the entertainment methods of the world. In order to reach the world, we need to offer the things of the world in the church. How, they say, how are we going to bring in the world if we look like the church? If we start looking a little bit more like the world, sounding a little bit more like the world, uh, smelling a little bit more like the world, acting a little bit more like the world, behaving a little bit more like the world, uh, maybe the world will want to come here. People need to be entertained. The church needs to shy away from strong doctrinal positions. I hope nobody catches it just like right in the middle of this podcast and hits at this moment thinking I'm preaching this and teaching this is what I believe because uh, this is garbage and hogwash and nonsense. Can somebody say amen? The discussion of sin, wrath, and judgment must be minimized or eliminated so we do not offend people. Let's remove shepherds from behind the pulpit and replace them with celebrities. Give us a hipster who can trend on TikTok and boost our social media presence. I think I got y'all on my side, so I'm going to keep preaching. Hallelujah. We need strong spiritual leaders behind the pulpit and in the pews to say we will not move the ancient landmarks that God has established for us. Where are the John the Baptists? Whew, I feel like preaching this morning. Hallelujah. Where are the Elijahs? Where are the Pauls of today? Where are the men and the women who will not be afraid to take a stand for what is right and stand up, amen, for the truth of God's word? What happened to the ancient landmarks? What happened to preaching that heaven is real, hell is hot, eternity is long, and life is not? What happened to preaching that sin is black and it will send you to hell if you don't have the blood of Jesus applied to your life? Where is the teaching and the preaching coming from behind the pulpit to say there is a wrath and a judgment of God that is to come and the only way to avoid it is Jesus Christ? Where are the ancient landmarks? We've replaced those who hold to the original position of the ancient landmarks with people who say nothing, do nothing, and stand for nothing. I'm preaching hard this morning. I'm preaching hard this morning because I love us. And I love the church. Not just Farm Hill Church, I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ. People are filling churches but leaving unsaved, unconvicted, and unfilled. 
They are entertained, but they are not changed. They laugh, but they never weep. Charles Spurgeon, some of y'all know him. The old English pastor lived in the late 1800s. He preached a sermon one time titled, Feeding Sheep or Amusing Goats. Come on, somebody. It's a fitting description of the dilemma of the church today. What is our mission? Is it to feed sheep or is it to amuse goats? Now, that's kind of funny. It's kind of humorous. Somebody might even, might even find it offensive. But unfortunately, it's the sad reality of the world that we live in today. And I want to read you a few words that Charles Spurgeon penned. Amen. This morning. He says, An evil is in the professed camp of the Lord, so gross in its impudence that the most short-sighted can hardly fail to notice it during the past few years. Now, you understand he wrote this in the late 1800s? Okay. It has developed at an abnormal rate, even for evil. It has worked like leaven until the whole lump ferments. The devil has seldom done a cleverer thing. He said cleverer. I didn't make that up. Amen. Then hinting to the church that part of their mission is to provide entertainment for the people with a view of winning them. He goes on. He says, my first contention is this. Why did Jesus then not say, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, dot, 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 and provide amusement for those who do not relish the gospel? Jesus didn't say that, did he? So we would have to add that into the Bible for this to be true. Come on. That's what he's saying. It's the point he's trying to make this morning. He says then again, I mean, the Bible says in one place he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry. Where does this say we need entertainers? Hmm. Again, Jesus says, ye are the salt of the earth. He didn't say you were sugar candy. He says this, run after, this is what he says Jesus then would have to say to Peter. Imagine Jesus saying this to Peter. Run after these people, Peter, and tell them, we'll have a different style of service tomorrow. Something short and attractive with little preaching. We will have a pleasant evening for the people. Tell them they will be sure to enjoy it. Be quick, Peter. We must get to the people somehow. Did Jesus ever say that? No, sir. No, ma'am. And here's how he summarizes his statement. He says, lastly, the mission of amusement fails to affect the end it desires. In other words, you can fill a church with entertainment value that will bring in the masses. Uh, amen. You can have whatever bar you want to have in the back as you walk in and grab whatever beverage uh, that you want to grab when you come into the church. Uh, and you can sit down and listen uh, to a rock and roll concert uh, on a stage uh, with performers uh, who are being paid uh, and have no relationship with Jesus Christ. And we can move the ancient landmarks there. 
And we can say now, today is a new day. Today has got to be a new path. Today we've got to have a new program. And we can fill the church. But it will not affect the end that it desires. I love what he says right at the end of this. The need is biblical doctrine. So understood and felt that it sets men on fire. In other words, what Charles Haddon Spurgeon penned over a hundred years ago is still applicable and necessary in the day and the hour that we are living in today. We don't need another entertainment movement. We don't need celebrity pastors trending on TikTok. We need the power and the spirit of Almighty God. I'm going to preach this morning. Amen. I hope y'all want to help me this morning. Amen. We need to seek out the old past, the old landmarks, the ancient standards that God has established. Hallelujah. Look at Jeremiah 6 and 16. Hallelujah. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? Look at your neighbor and say, it's a good way. And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Jeremiah knew it thousands of years ago. We need to seek out the old paths, the ancient landmarks, the the standards, the traditions, uh, the things that are eternal in God's Word that should not uh, change. You understand and know the warning that is provided to us in the Word of God in the book of Revelation. Now some will say, well, Brother Tony, that only applies to the book of Revelation. I'm going to tell you it applies to the entirety of the Word of God this morning. If you add to the Word of God, the curse is that God will add the plagues of that book onto your life. You will bring a curse on yourself. If you take away the words of God that are in that book, uh, Jesus says, uh, I will take your name uh, out of the Lamb's book of life. Those are strong words, Brother Chuck. If we try to add to or take away from the ancient landmarks that God has established, we bring the risk of bringing the curse of eternal damnation upon our souls. I cannot put it any plainer to you this morning than that. The Word of God says in Jeremiah, we need to seek out the old paths, the ancient landmarks, But, they said, we will not walk therein. There are many today who are saying, uh, we do not want to walk according to the ancient landmarks. We like where the ancient landmarks have been moved. In fact, a lot of them don't believe that the landmarks have been moved far enough. They think we need to keep moving and shifting with the culture that is around us. Now, let me pause right here. 
Because if not, I'm going to get a nasty email or a letter or a tweet. I don't read tweets because I don't have Twitter. So it's okay. Go ahead and tweet all you want. Go ahead and post on Facebook all you want. I guess I shouldn't be talking to you. I'm talking to them. Go ahead and put on uh, social media, whatever you want to put on social media, because I ain't listening to you. Amen. Shut up in the name of Jesus. Uh, I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please him. And I don't look at it anyway. I ain't got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anything. There is nothing wrong. I'm going to say this. Y'all bear with me. Stick with me. There's nothing wrong with making the message relevant. Paul adjusted his methods to speak to a particular audience. For example, when he preached in Athens, he used the examples from Greek philosophers and thinkers to demonstrate his point. When Jesus taught fishermen, he used parables about fishing. When he taught farmers, he used parables about farming. Amen. There is nothing wrong with adjusting the method or making the method, uh, amen, and the message of it uh, relevant uh, to who you're talking to and who you're speaking to. But notice this, the overall message, uh, the ancient landmarks, uh, the standards and the principles of God's Word did not change. Jesus didn't change the message and excuse certain sins just so a few salty fishermen would follow him without having to change their lives. There's a difference between changing the method and changing the message. Jesus gave them all the same message. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. We need to reestablish the ancient landmarks. We should seek to be biblical, not popular. We need to reestablish, amen, those standards and principles of God's Word, and we need to hold to them this morning. We need to seek out those old paths again. In the Bible, it describes the Word of God in one place as a plumb line. Does everybody understand what a plumb line is? If you're in construction, ever been in construction, you know what a plumb line does. A plumb, you use a plumb line to get a wall straight. Or to get something square. Amen. You use God's plan of gravity. Amen. To set that thing up in a way that you can see for sure. Is this thing square? Is it level? Is it plumb? It's time for us this morning to try, amen, stop trying this morning to move, amen, the plumb line of God's Word to fit our crooked lives. And it's time, amen, to let the plumb line of God's Word align us to what He wants us to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That type of preaching will not be popular. That type of preaching may not be fashionable, but it will be biblical. And being biblical should be our ultimate goal. You understand this path that you and I are on this morning is a straight and a narrow way. Amen. Put those next verses up there, Kendall. Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 13, I believe it is. 
These are the words of Jesus. He says, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Verse 14. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. The entrance into the kingdom of God is a straight and it is a narrow way. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The ways of man today, the ways of the worldly church today is seted upon the foundation of something that God never set in the beginning. It's the wrong foundation. And they have moved the ancient landmarks away from the original biblical standard that God has established. And they have created for themselves, uh, amen, a wide and a broad way. A way that is inclusive. A way uh, that will bring in the masses. A way, uh, amen, that will allow everybody and anybody to do anything in any way that they want to do it uh, and still call themselves a Christian uh, and still consider themselves on their way to heaven. But Jesus said, don't be fooled by the broad way because the way that I am leading you and the path, the ancient landmarks that I have established for you to follow are a straight and they are a narrow way. There's not wiggle room in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I say this with all due respect. Jesus is not asking your opinion this morning on what is in his word. Jesus didn't ask you whether that sin was a sin or not. Jesus didn't ask you if that behavior was right or wrong. Jesus didn't ask you how you want to live. It's getting quiet. It's okay. I got, amen. I give, I give props where props is due. I got one. I know I got more this morning. God is not asking for our opinion. God is asking us to acknowledge where the ancient landmarks have already been set. And God is asking us to align our lives uh, with the plumb line of God's Word uh, and to follow the ancient landmarks uh, that He has established. Hallelujah. Praise God. It is a straight and a narrow way. It is a narrow way that requires us to accept the person and the work of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. John 14, 6. He's not a way, he's the way. He's not a God, he's the God. He's not a Savior, he's the Savior. He's not a healer, he's the healer. 
He's not one standard. He is the standard. It requires us to follow the ancient landmarks that God has established in His Word. And because of this, many people will reject this way, and there'll be few that find the straight and the narrow way. But for those of us who find it, it is and it offers the blessing of eternal life. Amen. For those of us that will say, God, I will follow the ancient landmarks that you've established. Will you stand to your feet this morning? Let me ask you a couple questions, amen, today. I feel like I preached this morning. I'm breathing hard. Let me ask you a few questions this morning. Will you be honest with yourself and say, Brother Tony, I believe there are some areas in my life, amen, where my heart and my life is not lined up with the plumb line, amen, in that straight and narrow way and those ancient landmarks that God has established. Amen. Will you be honest with yourself this morning and say, there's some areas where your life is falling outside of the boundaries. When you compare yourself and your life to the plumb line of God's Word, are there some areas that are out of square and out of level? And will you come to Jesus Christ this morning and acknowledge it and allow the master carpenter to frame your life and square you up to his will? I don't know about you, and every once in a while, I got to make a trip back to the altar. Every once in a while, I got to make a trip back to the plumb line and measure myself. Every once in a while, I got to see, is my life in square or is it out of square? Every once in a while, I've got to see, are there some areas in my life, uh, amen, where I'm not following the ancient landmarks uh, and the path, uh, amen, that God has laid out for my life? If you're here this morning, there's already some stepping out. If you're here this morning and you want to help these pray, or if you're here this morning and you want to spend some time in prayer this morning, there is nothing greater, there is no privilege greater that we have this morning than to spend time with the creator of heaven and earth and find out God is my life pleasing to you. If you're here this morning and you want to pray, I invite you to come. I'm not going to hold altar call on this morning. I'm going to get in the altar and pray with these. But if you want to pray where you're at, pray where you're at. If you want to come to the altar, come to the altar. If you want to help these pray this morning, come pray. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We pray it has been a blessing and encouragement to you. Don't forget you can find out more about our church by visiting our website at farmhillchurch.faithlifesites.com or you can look us up on Facebook. May God bless you and we look forward to seeing you at Farm Hill Church very soon.